1: Just two hometown chickens working to keep Salida, Salida. Welcome, friends. This is another edition of On the Rails here at KHEN 106.9 on your FN dial. And um, you can always listen to On the Rails as a podcast for past, past shows, or you can listen on iTunes. And uh, well, I just heard from a listener, she listens on iTunes every Wednesday. And that makes sense because at uh, KHN, we also put this out on the air um, Wednesday mornings and then Sunday mornings again at nine. So you can listen twice if you want to just do it that way. Whew, that's saying an awful lot. My God. Let's slow down and say,
0: yeah, welcome, take a, take a breath for a second for us, yeah. and come in here and say that again that on the rails airs on Cahen at Wednesday mornings at eleven Sunday mornings at nine. Catch those shows they're good we uh we are pre recording this show and um and it's the sixth uh, of April. I think it's okay to tell them them that and uh, uh my name's rick white i'm in the in I'm in the engine of the car, of the train. Rick
1: Rick White is the man who pulls this train along, but Dave Ward and I, Dave is our distinguished guest today, we'll tell a lot more about him later, but Dave Ward and I are sitting here in the caboose on this train, and it's a brisk, brisk morning, so we've uh, fired up the coal stove. I know we're moving away from coal, fossil fuels, but at least for this show, we're going to fire up the the old pot-bellied coal stove here in the caboose, put our feet up next to it so we stay a little bit warmer. Um, Dave had threatened to climb up into the angel's seat up above so he could look out the cupola and and watch as we sort of go through the the, the barren countryside of Eastern Colorado. But um, I don't know if he's gonna do that. He might do that. We'll have to see if he does that or not.
2: Well, First of all, I have to take exception to your um, description of Eastern Colorado. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Being barren, that's my bone country. Uh, <laughs> the Arkansas River, um, Lower Arkansas River, the beautiful country that's all around that river. Um, my hometown is Los Animas, Colorado. Uh, and uh, literally interpreted as the spirits, but also known as the city of lost souls. Oh. And and, uh, relatives that I have there really resent it when I say, oh, you still live in the city of lost souls? (laughs) But let me tell you that um, there's a lot of people coming to this area of the upper Arkansas Valley who have no clue whatsoever about the far reaches of Colorado, east or west, and I would invite anyone to take Highway 50 all the way to the uh, border of the state and following the river um, to see the beauty that's really out there, the Comanche National Grasslands, the Pinion forests and canyons that are south of Los Animus on the Purgatory River, the confluence of the Purgatory and Arkansas rivers there just east of Los Animus. Um, I've seen moose in the river bottom in Los Animus, and that's uh, probably two or three hundred miles away from where they would normally be. And so um, that's the reason I think. Exception. I I find it to be a beautiful part of the state, and, and uh, as Bone Country, I have to um, support it and advocate for it. Anyway,
0: very good, Dave Ward. Very good. Uh, very uh, good. Is an apology in order for us? No, absolutely not. Just go there.
1: <laughs> just, just, just well, well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, my view uh, from the caboose right now uh, forest is, is really beautiful. I see petroglyphs on the cliffs out the window. I see the pinyon forests um, uh, along Ruell Creek and Muddy Creek, and I, and I see the rivers coming together and the, and the old town of Boggsville uh, and the Bent Brothers, uh, Bent's old fort. South between La Junta and Los And it's a fascinating area, and I'm just enjoying the ride so much. Very nice.
0: <laughs> Dave a, uh, it's been a year or more ago that we took a train trip that uh, took out of La Junta. <clears throat> and we really enjoyed the, uh, the museum there, and uh, with all of the Western art called the Kishari. Do I Kashari. Yeah.
2: Kashari to- yeah, is an Indian uh, art museum. Uh, it was founded by a man named Buck Brashiers, and he's collected all the Native American art that's yeah. been in that kiva. And that kiva has been home to many traditional Native American dances by white boys, oh. primarily uh, because uh, um, that was the nature of it. Uh, Boy Scouts, You're right? Primarily were the ones that were taught about the traditional. Indian dances and perform those there. They did snake dances and all kinds of things. It was really fascinating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy it. I, I have a little bit of a collection of uh, Santa Fe's art that they've used in the West. And they had originals of some of that stuff that were there. And um, yeah, very impressive. The Listeners, if you're ever in La Junta, Colorado and have a, a penchant for Western art, check out the Kashari Museum.
2: Yeah, it's right on the edge of Otero Junior College.
0: Yeah, that's right, right.
2: There. Yep, and it's it's got a lovely ceiling in it, uh, all log ceiling, and uh, during the dances, the ceiling hole in the middle would open up, and the ladders would come down, and the Indians uh, in full dress would come down the ladder and begin those dances. It was just fascinating to I a, a so. boy like myself.
1: Forest. <laughs> I, I, I'm stunned. I'm sitting over there stunned. We, we, we ride this caboose through here all the time on the main line of the Atchison Peak and the Santa Fe Railway. And as we ride through here, <clears throat> we, we, we just look out and we, don't, we need to look out. We need to pay attention. That's, that's the answer. Paying well, attention. There's,
2: yeah, well, there's history everywhere. Yes. And uh, there is no exception. There's a lot of history there and it just because it doesn't have mountains doesn't mean it's not important.
1: Well it is and it is, certainly you have the cranes migrating through sometimes of the year and a moose you say what is a moose doing out there and what is that? What county is that? Otero County? Okay. No, county. Bent County.
2: Yeah, hurrah for Bent County, the land of the free, the home of the but the louse and the flea. (laughs) All sing of its glory, all sing of its fame, while starving to death on a government claim. Yeah, (laughs) county song. Very nice.
1: (laughs) Very nice. While starving to death on a government claim. That's that's wonderful.
2: yeah, and then you know, you go on east, uh, uh, there's a new national monument at Grenada, uh, sometimes pronounced Grenada, but there, Grenada, and it's the Japanese internment camp. Oh, yes. Amachi. And uh, they've just made it uh, a national monument, and perhaps they're going to be rebuilding that. So, wow. That's, there's some interesting stuff out there.
0: Yeah. Abe Forrest, do you mind if I come in here for a second? I want to come in now that you, did, gonna- you
1: didn't say your official title. Rick White is the engineer of this show and also the engineer of this train. He's he's up there in the E-unit this afternoon as we as we pull through the fascinating, fascinating and exciting eastern Colorado land that few of us really know. <laughs> no, we don't know and we don't know the way our guest does since Dave Ward uh, grew up there and he he's telling us things we really need to know. So Rick, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I
0: just wanted to tell your listeners uh, more distant that uh, Dave Ward is a uh, DJ for Cahen as well. And he's had different shows over the years. And right now he's running a show that's called stuck in time. And I believe, uh, why don't you help me for when that airs,
2: Dave? Oh, Stuck in Time airs uh, Tuesday afternoons from three to five o'clock. I was going to say that, but yeah. I just kind of lost it at that moment.
0: But anyway, uh, I've learned a lot from Dave. We share some musical interests, and um, that was going to be the meat of this show. for <laughs> Whitman. Oh, so that, there's still time.
1: There's still time. We've got we've got we could do a third segment. Why not? Back in my railroad days, that's what you really wanted to do. If you went into the to the markup in the morning, where you marked up by seniority for what runs you thought you could hold or uh, what positions you thought you could hold, and you might that was it. If you could get a third section, oh boy, that was uh, you. You started you. You'd be getting after eight hours. You'd be getting double time. Oh. So that's, that's pretty exciting. And, and um, also, well, let's say a little bit more about that. You mentioned Bent's old fort, which is also, uh, I think, pretty much reconstructed along the original lines, uh, wouldn't you say?
2: Well, it's on the Santa Fe Trail. Yeah. And it was a primary trading fort on the Santa Fe Trail, for the uh, pioneers that were out there, the Native Americans that were out there, and uh, the Bent brothers actually blew it up and destroyed it when they closed the fort so that uh, it wouldn't be there any longer. Uh, It's a fort that's built uh, with three-foot-thick walls of adobe bricks and uh, all of the Uh, Vigas that go through the ceiling and support the roof are cut from the Arkansas River cottonwood trees and uh, they've completely rebuilt the port now and they have uh, demonstrations out there through the summertime and uh, it's a lovely place to visit.
1: I'm trying to think. I did go there once and it was nighttime and that was kind of magical because there's no electricity and so you there would be you know a, a kerosene lantern hung at the end of the stairs or there'd be a fire down in the main plaza with a big kettle of stew uh, you know bubbling away and so i would suggest going at night to edensfort uh well i mean you could obviously go in the day too but you know that's uh, it's a pretty amazing thing
2: Yeah, I've never been there at night, Forrest, so you have a new experience of that that I don't have.
1: Oh, all right. (laughs) I'm going to go. (laughs) You mostly went in the daytime.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's a bird sanctuary, not an official one, but a real one in front of the fort as well. So, you know, as you're going down Highway 194 between La Junta and Las La uh you can stop there uh, on the outskirts of Vince Fort before you go in and watch birds for quite a long time.
1: Wow, what birds did you see there?
2: Oh, I don't know. All the birds that are native to that area. And yeah. by the way, the cranes don't go through there.
1: So you would you would have seen... Well, you see, and that's, that's part <laughs> of what... birders will tell you we've been facing this in the upper Arkansas River, this problem of so many rafts. It's like it's like I-70. I mean, it's raft after raft after raft. They're all casting their fishing lines out. And of course, that eventually the great blue herons and so on um, move out. They just can't compete with that level of fishing pressure. So it might be a place like you're describing, might still be more pristine in a sense. Or, uh, you know. poss-
2: possibly in a sense. Uh, it's been very much affected by agriculture. The irrigation canals that come off of the Arkansas River down there and the uh, you know agricultural practices that have taken place for so many years that really destroyed a lot of the natural environment as well. Mm. Mm. well yeah, they, yeah. It's a, you know, there's deer and elk and, and uh, as I say, I saw a moose down there. Uh, of course, rattlesnakes, not rattlesnakes, not even as uh, prominent as uh, East of, of, North of the Arkansas right here in Salaya. So um it's a misnomer. If you go out into the uh, sandstone canyons on the uh, Purgatory River, you'll find a lot of tarantulas. So, like it's, It was always fun to go and pull out layers of rock there and uh, have tarantulas come out with it. And, and they're, you know, furry little friends. <laughs> and uh, quite intimidating when you first see them.
1: <clears throat> well, there are people who think of them as ideal pets because they they don't bite you. They don't bother you. They just sit there and you
2: smile. <laughs> yeah. No they are. Uh yeah, my friend Patrick Hawkins down in Coldale has a pet tarantula. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah. So uh, he he could speak highly of those tarantulas. I sometimes you'd see them on Highway 101 which is uh, coming from south uh the South Country into Los Animas, they'd be on the road, and if you drive over the top of them, not hitting them, they jump in the air, probably seven or eight feet high.
1: Whoa! <laughs> Interesting. You, what do you do? Honk your horn? So, well, you don't want to hit them, obviously. You don't. No, you
2: just no. You wouldn't try to hit them, but you know, well, you know how people are. The, the reason there's a lot of dead things on the road is because some people go out of their way to be sure, and that's a sad thing and you know and we've really intruded <laughs> upon their country their natural habitat and so we owe it to them to drive through the field and let them be out there.
1: Well and you see this is all you you see all this from the bar car
2: <laughs> and, Yeah or, we better or, have another drink for us. <laughs> or for or breakfast
1: <laughs> yeah. or, you know um, I gosh that's interesting too because we're all looking for a little relief these days. I mean, the national news is bad and getting worse seems like every day. I don't know. But we're all looking for something to do to step back. Why not take a train trip? Why not, uh, if you can get to Union Station in Denver early in the morning, I know that catch California Zephyr there or later in the day, you could catch the uh, Chicago Zephyr. It's, um, you know, goes through all that Goes through all that country. My goodness. That's that's a nice thing.
2: Well, you know, they uh, <clears throat> trains used my understanding is that trains for the most part ran to almost <coughs> every town uh out in south southern southeastern Colorado that had an agricultural basis. And all of those trains are gone. Uh when I go to Los Animas now and stay at my mother-in-law's house. Uh, All through the night, you can hear trains coming through, train whistles and dinging bells and, you know, clacking on the rails and all that. But it's all coal. It's all coal going from, you know, Texas to Wyoming or Wyoming to Texas or whatever way they're taking it. Uh, And it's, it's almost, you know, it's very sad in itself just watching the destruction you know of our environment going by in a train car you know and how supported that is you know by the fossil fuel industry and uh taking those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of giant freight cars full of coal to be burned up you know in just a matter of days and spewing that coal stuff into the air and uh you know, we definitely have to take a different approach, and I, I have no answers. I don't know what it is. I just grew up in the middle of it like you did.
1: Well, I did, for sure. That was typical of Chicago. Well, that's interesting, too, in the sense that maybe we're beginning to move away from fossil fuels a little bit. I, if we're edging away from it, it seems like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well- although... can we do it fast enough that i guess that's
2: that's the big question yeah but there's no cabooses to watch out the window anymore you know i think once in a while the uh uh what is the line uh amtrak that still runs through there passenger wise and uh you know there you could see some scenery but i would guess that 90 percent or more of the freight traffic out there now train traffic is coal
1: right now even with even as we move gradually away from that.
2: Well, I mean, you saw in the Ukrainian war that, you know, we can't run a war without oil. We can't run a war without coal. And so you can't run Europe without Russian oil or Russian coal or Russian gas or whatever. And we're a long ways from any kind of uh, uh dropping demand for that for those sources Um, we're a long ways from that and they say a year and a half or three years from now we better be uh you know tending to business or we're going to lose what we have here on planet earth anyway what's that got to do with trains everything Um, (laughs) throw this in there and this is
0: a step in the right direction we have heard uh, through our contacts that some some A piece of freight that is moving across the uh, freight lines are windmills, the big uh, propellered windmills, and I forget where that came from for us, but that is a step in the right direction. And uh, yeah, how did we get started on this coal? It's because we had so much of it, and it seems like it'll last forever, but it can't last forever.
2: Let me tell you about another train experience in Los Angeles. A few, while we were still living there some years ago, um, it was rumored that there was a white train and it was destination unknown and uh, location unknown. And what that white train did was carry nuclear triggers. Mm. And um, so <clears throat> we were uh, advised uh, by uh, people of, in the front range to try to watch for that train coming through our area and to alert them to where it is that this this train had machine gun turrets and things like that on it and uh, so we got the, the uh, local news van <clears throat> in my family and we sat out next to the tracks all night and uh nothing happened i mean we it snowed and it was terrible and it was awful and the news guy was was po'd because we drug him out there and then we went home and uh, out to our house east of los Angeles we have roof windows and i went up to open the roof window to cool the building and there went the white train right by our house oh. and uh, so we called the people that we were in contact with in Fort Collins. And by the time the train got there, there was a full-on demonstration. Um, <laughs> you know, I'd stopped that train right there. And of course, it, you know, probably went on to its destination. But carrying nuclear triggers um, is not much of an improvement from the coal traffic, in my opinion. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. And is <laughs> my gosh, is Have he- you ever heard of that? Forrest, you ever heard of that wedding?
1: Oh, oh yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quite it, famous. It is,
0: a, is a nuclear trigger, is that basically a
2: bomb? Uh that's what allows the bomb to explode, you know. I mean, they don't they don't uh store them with with or they don't make them with the trigger, but the trigger is the thing that activates the nuclear reaction. We don't want to see that. We don't want to see anything about that and uh that's one reason why we're just standing fast on Ukraine right now is because Putin has already said anybody that interferes with this war is going to get one of those and nobody wants that.
1: And uh, and apparently uh, there's also the the outflow uh, back when I uh, was, you know, working on the railroad, why we would sometimes have the, the brown train, also white cars from the AEC and uh, Atomic Energy Commission. And that was nuclear waste going the other way. And those things were huge, great. They're they're a rod is what they're, they're as big as as a windmill, as these windmills we carry today. And um, those things are also leaking radioactivity. So you want to get them out of your yards and on the way, you want to get them out as fast as you can. And they, they would, there would be guys with suits who would um, ride a special white car and uh, they, they were from the AEC. They wanted to make sure that this nuclear waste got to wherever it was going. So that's interesting too.
2: Well, one of the things I learned a few years <clears throat> back with my wife out of New Jersey in her earth literacy program is that there is no away. There's no yes. way. <laughs> Throwing yeah. it away, it doesn't
1: happen. I think some of this was going to New Mexico, and I think they, they had a cavern down there, maybe as big as Carlsbad Caverns, I don't know, but they did have a cavern, and they would put these spent nuclear fuel rods, which, as I say, weren't all that spent. I mean, they were still emitting whatever they emit, little nuclear chunks and uh, chunks atom atomic never mind they were emitting this stuff and and uh, they would put them in these caverns down there i i wonder if they're still still in there somewhere or how the neighbors feel in that part of new mexico you know about having having a great big uh, repository of uh, spent spent fuel rods down there
2: well, you know, just east of Pueblo is the uh, Pueblo Army Depot, and uh, when you used to go through, there were mounds all over the, the flat ground out there, mounds everywhere, and those were where they took all the chemical weapons and stored them, so they're all out there.
1: Aren't they decommissioning? What What do they do with those?
2: I don't I mean, know. They put them under the ground to play like they're not effective anymore, I guess. I don't know. I really, I mean, I'm not privy to that kind of information.
1: As you say, there's no away.
2: Yeah, you know, when you throw something away, there is no away. I mean, we have one planet here, and you might take it from one spot on the planet to another, but you're not getting rid of it unless you send it out into space somewhere, and still. That's just as much part of our environment and our life as our actual planet is. So there's no way.
1: Well, they used to say that they could send that stuff to the sun and the sun would just gobble it up. I don't think we've ever done that or I've never heard of it.
2: That sounds like a shiny pipe dream to me. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah, gobble, gobble.
2: Jeez. Hey, well, we didn't talk much about music on this segment.
1: Oh no, no, the music is absolutely a part of this. Look at all the protest music that's coming. <laughs> look at look at Woody Guthrie. My oh, God, yeah. all all yeah, and and they.
0: are <clears throat> about out, out of trying... time here. What's that? You've got a couple minutes for us.
1: Oh, a couple minutes. Oh my goodness. Well, we've only got a couple minutes, but we've got we're gonna we we may talk all morning. We. We've got Dave Ward with us, Dave Ward, fascinating guy. He um, has a music show on KHEN 106.9 on your FN dial every Tuesday afternoon. But he grew up out in Eastern Colorado um, and he's just having sort of a lot about what a beautiful area that is. And also about how much we, uh, we're busy, how much we're busy polluting a lot of that part of the world and um what what might change it, and how coal trains are are a part of it i mean that's uh, no doubt a big ticket item for the Santa Fe Railway hauling uh, coal and uh, what what can we do to replace it, and talking about the fact that we have seen some <clears throat> we have seen some uh, windmills being transferred through there, and uh, we did have a um, sort of a speculative uh, Group that was talking about what we could do if we could simply reduce the amount of uh, miles we drive on our cars and put our cars into um, railroads. I mean the uh, the ski train out of Denver. My goodness, they on a on a big on a big day, they'd have five six hundred people on that one train going skiing. And so they wouldn't be driving on the I seventy. They'd be <laughs> they'd be going to ski on on the ski train. And if we could find ways to replicate that, oh my gosh, that that's it's no answer, but it's just a way to it cuts down on your you know, your your total it cuts down on your footprint. We're almost out of town. Well, we are. We're almost out of town. We the caboose but our caboose is still rolling. And we still got uh, Dave Ward down there with his feet up next to the, sorry to say this, cold stove and I'm still trying to keep warm up here and Rick White is still on the head end. So let's give a little high ball, give this train a high ball at the count of three and then we'll be back because we 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 haven't even touched several of these subjects. So breathe in, breathe out, always a problem for me. <laughs> Breathe in, breathe out, and a count of three, we'll do a big high ball. One, two, three. High ball!
2: High ball! High ball.
1: <laughs> Cahan is supported in part by Hilltop Broadband.